Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Marvin Jones, President of Montana Christian College, as our guest. Who are your mentors that helped shape who you've become today? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been thinking about that ever since I read it. And um, there's a couple that stand out. Um, One of them I didn't know very well. Um, but I did meet him a couple times as a student, and it was actually Dr. W.A. Criswell, the pastor of First Baptist Dallas. I attended Criswell College years ago, but everything the man wrote, I've read, and I observed him from afar, so to speak. And so he's definitely a pastoral mentor because of his ability to do theology, and I thought I'd turn that thing off. I apologize. Um, he was a theologian and a pastor or a pastor theologian. So he's definitely one, one of them. Um, a leadership mentor basically was watching some of the presidents that I worked with uh, and also uh, observing some other presidents that I knew. Um, Dr. Emer Canner has been really helpful at Troop McConnell, Dr. Rick Brewer at Louisiana College where I taught for eight years. Um, and actually Dr. Paige Patterson at Southwestern Seminary, where I attended there. Um, their, their leadership styles varied. We're all over the place. Uh, but I learned from each of those, some by working with them closely, some by being friends with them, some by being a student, at, particularly at Southwestern. I got to see some of the, the workings there of leadership. So um, the other thing, uh, being a pastor, former pastor, multi-staff churches kind of thrust you in that role. And in fact, it's in some times, in my case, anyway, it was sink or swim. And so I read a lot of leadership books. Biblically, I think Joshua's all about leadership. Uh, Maxwell, MacArthur, those guys were also mentors from afar. Well, excellent. So um, when was the decision and how tough was the decision to, to move? Yeah, it was really tough. Um, I was pretty content at uh, the place I was employed at Louisiana college um, was chair of the department for a while. Um, I had a good salary, was a bivocational pastor, had summers off. <laughs> and that was a real struggle to give up. Um, but the desire to, to move up higher in administration beyond the point of chair kept kind of gnawing at me. I, I just, I can't really explain this. Uh, this desire kept building. And I interviewed with several good colleges where I was on the short list, but none of them panned out. So I said, okay, Lord, I just, uh, you know, this must be me. So I'm just going to come to grips with being a, a faculty member, continue my writing ministry. I've been publishing books and articles and all that. <laughs> and um, I had interviewed, I had helped actually start a college in New England. And that president uh, reached out to me for the third time about a vice president of academic affairs. And I, I knew, even though I helped start the college, I knew that if I turned it down a third time, there probably wouldn't, he probably wouldn't come back around. And so I'm, I'd made the visit there and was just about to accept it. But there was a college in Montana I had interviewed with prior to COVID. And I didn't hear back from them. And uh, the very 
night before I was to finally accept the offer. Uh, the offer was supposed to be sent to me on a Thursday that came in late, by the way. Uh, the president informed me that he'd gotten behind and that uh, we would we would do it on a Tuesday. Well, on a Monday, the night before, I got a text from the search committee at Montana Christian College. <laughs> Great. And they didn't tell me I was their number one candidate, but they texted me and said, we're highly interested in you. We're moving forward with the president's position. Can you come up to Billings to do the interview? And um, I struggled with that for a reason. Um, I didn't give an answer right away. So I determined to do two things. I was scheduled to meet with the president of New England in New England, in Louisiana. And I told him that I really need to check this out before I took the position. He was very encouraging of me. And I'm thinking, thank God, because I still may come back to you. <laughs> but I hesitated for a week um, to make reservations on the plane trip. The struggle was not the position. It wasn't even the location, but um, it was... I hate to admit it, but leaving my daughter, who was single and 25 years old and very capable of functioning on her own, but all the dad things went through my mind. What if she has a flat tire? Who's she going to call? You know, all that stuff that the Lord can take care of. That really, I can't do it. You know, I can't leave her like this. Um, so on a Friday morning, the, um, the intensity was getting to me, and I finally broke down. I said, all right, Lord, if you want me to go to uh, to do to Montana to interview that I'm going to trust you with my daughter. And about an hour later, I got an email asking me if I determined to come up and do the interview. And so that's how it happened. Once I kind of released that, um, I did the first interview in September of 2020 and the second interview on October 31st. And they hired me October 31st, but it was, a, it was a process. Uh, it wasn't, uh, and, you know, COVID slowed everything down and they were thinking through some things. So it was a, it's a process to get me here, but um, it was, it wasn't that I was upset at anything going on at uh, Louisiana college or anything place else. It was just a personal issue that the Lord was dealing with me about leadership. So um, I had walked through several doors, got frustrated that it didn't happen, gave up on it. Then all of a sudden two positions opened up again. <laughs> so yeah, that's wow. how it happens. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so what, uh, aside from COVID, what's been your biggest surprise? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the biggest, that's a good question too. Every college has been facing this since COVID. We, we've all had to deal with declining enrollment, which means declining finances. Okay? Those are the two issues we've addressed. Um, but in Louisiana, excuse me, in Yellowstone Christian College's case, there was a third element that I recognized before I recognized the COVID uh, finance situation. Uh, we were on a campus in Billings that was based on 15 acres and uh, had been there 50 years, and it had four and a half million dollars worth of deferred maintenance. Not only did it have deferred maintenance, but before we could get to the possibility of even doing the maintenance, we had to address city water and city sewer hookups. Now, I know that sounds weird living in a city, but they were on the edge of the county where the city grew to them. And so they never tapped into the main lines in 50 years. 
And so um, part of that $4 million was a million and a half just to make connections to the city water and sewer that was mandatory before we could update. Well, that, that posed a real dilemma. Um, I need to tell you a little bit about my background. My background, um, yeah. while I was going through college, I was an estimator for a construction company. I read blueprint, mm. blueprints for labor and material costs. So when I saw the campus in a condition, I, I started calculating in my mind the cost of improvement. I had done a little bit of homework about the city water and sewer that had been made known to me. And the city of Billings told me, yes, it definitely needs to be hooked up, but you can't do any improvements till it is. So once I saw where the property was located, it was in a high growth area. I mean, very high growth uh, area of the city of Billings on the West End. The property was about 15 acres worth about $5 million itself. And so I told the board, you've got two choices as far as I'm concerned. The only thing I can think of is either one go into a capital gains fundraising campaign and fix everything, then learn to live with the fact that you're landlocked with 15 acres and your population will probably go to 125, 150 max. That's it. The other was to sell the property, move across town, buy a suitable acreage, and I would be the lucky president that gets to do phase one of the building project. The guy after me, phase two, phase three. So we were going to phase it in to where within 25 to 30 years, the campus would be reasonably built. I mean, it usually takes 50 to 75 years to build campus. Every major university University of Dallas, uh, Dallas Baptist University, Louisiana, those are all 100-year-old. Every major seminary goes back to the 1800s, so they just maintained and built. Well, when you're talking about a new campus, you've got to look long-term at that. So I presented the plan. We'll do phase one. By that time, I'll be near retirement or death. <laughs> we'll do phase two. Then somebody will do phase three. And we voted on that plan unanimously. Well, in the process of pursuing finding property in Billings, one of our board members received a text about a full-grown, mature campus in Kalispell, Montana. Now, as you can tell, I had this terrible Texas accent. I don't know anything about Montana. I don't know where Kalispell is. I saw the price of the property for 500 acres or 45,000 square foot buildings with dorms, gym, pool, uh, commercial kitchen, classrooms, office space, everything left here. If I showed you this room, you'd be amazed at it. They wanted eight and a half million dollars. Hmm. And uh, I just, you know, we had 70 students, funding was a problem, and I didn't see a way possible. So, I approached the board based upon what the board member told me. We come up here and we viewed the property and I was still pretty skeptical. Uh, 500 acres was great, but we're not in Kalispell. We're about 20 minutes to the west of it. And there's a nice little mountain road you have to drive up and it's well maintained, but we did do it. And apparently Montana people are used to that. When I, this Texas boy doesn't even know what snow is, you know. So I had, to, I had all these thoughts going in. Oh, my God, students are going to fall off in the ditch. They're going to die off the mountain, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, none of that was true. But, again, I'm so new to Montana, I, I didn't know how it functioned. And so after a process of going back and forth with the realtor, 
who wanted to sell it to us, she told me there was another interested party. And there was. The price was eight and a half million. Now, what, what we didn't know until after we purchased it was that the company that we bought it from, the school that we bought it from, had put $25 million into this place for development. And it is really nice. State-of-the-art facilities, all of that. And so they owed $7 million on the note. The uh, other interested party was a school who had to do a bond, and that's a two-year process. They have to go before the city council. It has to be approved, all of that. So it would take two years for them to get the $8 million. The realtor let it slip in a meeting I was in with her that we, we need, and she kind of was thinking out loud. She said, we need to at least get the $7 million. And I asked my realtor if he caught the statement. He said, yeah, I did. I said, let's offer $7 million. And that's what they took. So we bought the property for $7 million. It was a year ago. The, the plans were always to sell off about 300 acres of it because we're going to leave us 200 acres. And that's what we're going to develop the campus on. Um, so we did actually did sell the 300 acres for 1.5 million. I think it's, um, it's all wooded. It's, it's, you could develop it, but it would take an extensive amount of time. And, and we've got the other side of the road, which is where we're at, that has already been developed. So um, we sold that off. We finally sold the Billings property and we've been transitioning here. Sorry, that's a long drawn out story, but that's it's been a wild ride with that. Well, well, congratulations, though. I mean, what a great, you know, I'm sure it sounds like a lot, obviously a lot, a lot, a lot of, of uh, you know, blood, sweat and tears, so to speak, went into it. But look where you are now. Yeah, it's um, I'll, I'll celebrate my second year in October. <laughs> uh, it's, it's this is all happened in a year and a half. I mean, I am just amazed at how quickly the Lord put this together. The, the key part of that, though, was we had a board who was ready to respond to those types of things. I mean, to, to move a 50-year-old campus, uh, that takes a certain amount of board membership that has in their mindset, we're at that point where we've got to make some drastic decisions. Yeah. Uh, and so I walked into a scenario where the God, I think, really had prepared the board for this, this type of openness. Um, in, a, in a typical campus that's where they didn't have the problem we had, that would have been very problematic. So I, I give them a lot of credit for following the leadership there. So when you talk about drastic circumstances, and maybe this even ties into maybe a couple of challenges that you're thinking about every day, <laughs> how was it drastic and how, and, and you know, what, what, what challenges you today? Well, of course, getting the name out that we moved after 50 years, that that's always a challenge. Kalispell knows that we're here, some of them, but they don't know. So we're about to address that with some heavy marketing. And so we've got to, we've got to promote the fact that we're a full-fledged campus, seven hours away from Billings, but we're still in business. Now, we, we did do a name change from Yellowstone Christian College. I didn't understand the name anyway until someone explained it to me. Billings is in Yellowstone County because Yellowstone National Park was still four hours away. And every student inquiry, every parent, when they would call to inquire about Yellowstone Christian College, they would always ask, how close are you to Yellowstone National Park? What, about an hour? No, man, we're four hours. So the name, nobody knew we were in Yellowstone County, so the name was kind of difficult for those outside of Montana. 
So in order to promote the college and to be more inclusive of Montana and even the greater Northwest, we changed it to Montana Christian College. So part of the obstacle was to get a name that would be more appealing to the Northwest, uh, particularly where we're at in so close proximity to Idaho, um, Washington, Oregon, even Northern California, Wyoming, those places. Whereas Yellowstone wasn't offensive by any means, but it, it communicated a locale that we were not actually close to. Mm -hmm. So that was the first challenge is to get a name that we could market. And we're about to go into a pretty heavy campaign this year. The second one has kind of worked itself out, although it's always a challenge. Financially, we were always struggling month to month. I mean, we never missed payroll, but there were times I was holding my breath, Lord, you got to come through. And, and he did. Um, every college is facing that. But with the sale of the two pieces of property, we had the best financial footing we've had in 50 years. Now, we're trying to be very conservative with our finances, use them to the best of our abilities to promote the college. Uh, and so those have been the two primary challenges is marketing the school, dealing with finances, and of course, everyone's agenda recruitment. Those are mm -hmm. always, always before us. So, but they are for so right now. How many, I'm sorry, how many students do you have on campus today? Oh, that's the, the problem. We're down to about uh, 12 students after we graduated the other 10. Now we have 25 at our little Bighorn campus. The Little Bighorn Campus is a uh, partnership that they ask us to bring our business degree to them. So that one's kind of a self-contained one. Here, we had a large, uh, when people, <laughs> this is funny, when they, when some of the students learned we were relocating, they hurried up their degrees. <laughs> took it <laughs> so we, uh, we graduated a large class last semester. And uh, so our, our student population is down to 10 to 12, and I'll get the final numbers this week. So how big can you get? Right now, we can get up to 75 to 100 students um, being creative. And that's one of the things I've got to do, too. Our vision is beyond that. So one of the things that the board knows and I've already approved is I've got to start working on a master plan for development of the campus. Constantly, constantly thinking for the future. Now, the, the property that you sold, from what I understand, a high school is moving in and taking the old property in Billings. Is that, is that there is a correct. project? Yeah. That's correct. But we were, we had an articulation agreement with them. Um, because of what's going on in the culture, private schools are exploding. And um, their principal, Diane, told me that they had plans to build, but their uh, consultant told them, when you do, you're going to be way behind, you're going to have 100% uh, capacity in a year. And so they reached out to us to rent our facilities while it was vacant. <clears throat> That's really what it was. They were going to rent it. And I said, Diane, you know, we, we can do that. My only concern is we still have it for sale. And if we get a buyer, you'll have to move again. And um, so they reached back out to us and made an offer. <laughs> We were totally caught off guard. Now, I had been, actually been praying that they would. I, I thought it was a good fit, leaving a Christian education environment behind after yeah. 50 years on that property. And it's suited for them. The 15 acres for a high school is, is very functional for them. And so it was, a, it, was, it was really a good deal for all of us. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, and we're delighted we're leaving a, a, a legacy there of Christian education. So, mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> so in a very... 
you know, competitive, competitive marketplace, you know, you, you definitely have um, a lot to offer, but you know, it, it, the name recognition, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the name recognition recognition may not go beyond the region, right? Especially as you've changed names. So correct. what's your strategy as far as, you know, how did, you know, how does Montana Christian compete? Very good question. Um, we are the only accredited liberal arts college in the state of Montana. So we make, that's part of our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. We integrate our faith in learning. Uh, we teach with the biblical worldview. We sell Montana. You can do a business degree anywhere you want to do it. You know, you can go to Utah. You can go to Oklahoma. You can do that anywhere. But there's only one Montana. <laughs> there's only one place where you can study and live in the mountains and have access to a major city, a major airport, a major lake, Flathead Valley Lake, Glacier National Park. So our student life is centered upon enjoying the scenery around us. Our campus is suited for that because it's like a lodge. It's lodge-like. It's not your typical campus. So when you come into the dorms, you're greeted in a typical Montana mudroom. So you walk through that, and then all of a sudden you see this majestic fireplace in the center room of our dorms. Um, That's appealing to students. And there's a big bay window you look at to see the mountains and the snow. And right out there, I see a a buck right there, more than 20 yards from me. Wow. A student sent me a pic on move-in day, and after everybody had settled down, a deer had came to the big window kind of looking in. I thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to have <laughs> uh, and she, she couldn't believe it. She sent it to me and her parents. She said, look, at, look it's right out there, Dad. You know, she texted that. So we, we sell Montana. You come and study God's word and God's world. If you want to be a business major, you study God's business uh, in God's world. So we integrate our faith and learning, and we really promote the Montana lifestyle, which is fun. It is great. We can go skiing. We can go tubing, um, trout fishing, uh, all those things that students like to enjoy. The other thing with that is we have a four-day school week. The reason is um, we want our students involved in ministry and in churches, and sometimes they get paid positions. Sometimes they get volunteer positions, but most of the time they have to drive a bit, okay, because Montana is so spread out. So we go class, we attend class Monday through Thursday, and Fridays were, uh, there's no class, but the faculty comes in for faculty meetings, stuff like that. So students are free to work, go home, whatever. So, And that's also, we found that's very appealing to students as well. And are, are most students or, or all students uh, residential? Right now, they're well, no, that's not true. Uh, most are residential. We've got two that are online, uh, finishing up, up their degrees with us. And that's another component we're trying to develop. I'm looking for, in fact, I think I found him an online dean. Um, we are able to do online courses, but I want to develop it to where it is contained and we're meeting standards and um, have a schedule for students and all of that. And we're not there yet, but that's one of the aspects we're working on. Mm-hmm. So how are you able to, it, it, you know, it, in, it, in your community right now? And again, to your point, I think what you mentioned is very distinctive. You know, I think, I think the campus, the lifestyle for the students, the four day week, all of that, I mean, it sounds very attractive for the students, but the skiing, the tubing, the fishing, right. very unique. 
Um, how do you engage community? You know, how far are businesses, you know, from campus? And, you know, how does that work as far as internships and career readiness? Good question. So I can answer this with some solid facts. I know because of my wife's uh, desire to go to Walmart occasionally, it's a 20 minute drive, even in the snow, which is downtown Kalispell. We're only 20 minutes from, you know, the social world, as I've been calling it. But when you come here, when you come up to the campus, you have this serene environment where you've gotten away from the major city and then you can re-engage it. So in order to engage the city, some of the things we've been doing is we've been going to various churches. We've been inviting the pastors up here. We've invited the community up here. I have joined the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and so I've, um, even though we could do things a little cheaper on the web, we've ordered material from local businesses like the logo shirts and all of that. So we're trying to promote Kalispell as much as we are the mm. college. Okay. And one of the things, and we haven't done this yet, but it's, um, it's in the works. We're trying to revamp our business degree to where internships are mandatory. Mm. And part of that involves businesses in Kalispell. So we want our graduates to not only have the knowledge of the, the degree they're working on, but that we want them to have the experience as well. So that if they're working at a bank or some of the businesses that are here, uh, it's pretty easy. Now, what's in our favor with Kalispell? is there is a, an employment shortage here. Almost 90% of the businesses are hiring. Uh, and that's another thing to appeal to students. You come to Calisco, you're gonna get a job at 15, $16 an hour, work 10, 15 hours a week. You're gonna make a pretty decent little salary while living on campus. Uh, and so internships, I think will be easier than what we initially thought they would be. That's fantastic. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about President Jones, about the history of your school and the legacy. You've been around for over 50 years, right? Um, what, what is the DNA of your institution and, 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 and the past, you know, half a century that's gone through? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I studied that before I got here <laughs> and um, I've been living with it since I've been here. 1974 was when the college was actually launched. And what I believe was going on was, uh, it was it was named Yellowstone Baptist College for a reason. It really, the, the DNA of it was to train pastors and preachers for Montana. Mm. And the property was purchased. It was on the edge of the county, not even near the city at that point. And dorms were brought in from the High Line, which is up here. It's, uh, the High Line is where the railroad were first put in with the High Line wires for electricity. And the men's working for that lived in these dorms, these bunkhouses. And they were actually given to the college and brought down to the college in 1982 or 83. Um, and so that began the small development of the campus there in Billings. In 1986 or seven, there was a, uh, a name given to the, to the mascots of the college called the Eagles by President Jack Coward. And so they became known as Yellowstone Baptist College Eagles. Around 2000, 
eight or 10, somewhere in that time frame, a sports program began to develop. And a name change took place. They dropped the word Baptist and became Yellowstone Christian College. And the mascot was the Centurions. And there was a, a move away from their background, their heritage, slightly to be more ecumenical, uh, which is understandable. I, I understand what they were doing. What we have done since then is tried to return to our roots and still be inclusive of different faiths that are not Baptist. Uh, so we've got a significant number of students who don't attend Baptist churches or non-denominational uh, uh, churches. And we even have a board member who pastors a non-denom. So we've kept the ideal that we want to be inclusive, but we've also returned to our roots and in, in trying to rebuild relationships with our Baptist partnership. Um, and I've also returned to our roots. The time was right to do it. When we did a name change, we also changed the mascot back to the Eagles. We, we want to communicate that we're, we've got our heritage that we're, we're proud of, and we've got a future that we want to link together. So we're connecting the past with our present and looking toward the future for where we're going to be. And so the heritage here has been a, one of fine education, but we've expanded it now to more liberal arts as well as maintaining Christian studies. And that's kind of who we are. And we're still, we're still developing that even. We are looking very hard in depth and researching a Christian, ed, excuse me, a childhood education degree. We're hoping to launch that by February. We've got all the pieces in place. We're just now jumping through some of the last hoops together. So we're, we're still expanding who we are, um, but we're trying to remain faithful to who we were. If that, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So um, as you look ahead, you know, obviously nothing happens in just 12 months, right? Right. <laughs> so you're looking at three to five year horizon because you, you are, you're, you're reestablishing your vision, you're establishing the mission, getting everyone focused. What would you call your top three priorities? Right now we're develop, developing um, administrative infrastructure. That That's the, the primary thing right now. In other words, I want to get the right faculty, right personnel for admin in place. And that's coming together rather nicely. We've hired a dean of women who has extensive background with that. Um, we've got a really good registrar, a CFO that ha we brought on board. So, so this year we're all about addressing um, the infrastructure of the team itself. Who's doing what? Mm -hmm. Continue to develop good faculty now, it's a challenge to come to Montana. Cost of living is a little higher. And so we, we know that we're going to have to do some things there to help offset that. And so that's also part of the development of the infrastructure. The second thing is to really start promoting campus life and attracting students. What, what we had described, um, the four-day class week and all the external activities we have planned for the students even this fall, there's a bonfire we're going to be doing here. Um, you don't find that on a lot of campuses. Okay. So we're, we're really, that's also a high priority is to get the word out that when you come here, you're not just coming to a campus where you're have a number. And if you don't have that student ID number, we can't function. Now we, we want to move past that. We want them to come in that this is their home for four years. And as their home, 
they come into it with a little bit of ownership. You know, we, and that's what we want. We want them to, to interact with our faculty. Uh, one of my criteria for faculty is they've got to be willing to have an open door policy for our students. Um, you know, students don't necessarily uh, understand faculty office hours. Uh, their schedule sometimes don't allow for it. So uh, that's one of the things we've gotten across is that we're going to service our students, not cater to them, but service them and befriend them and be role models for them. So that's also a priority is getting the faculty who can do that. The other uh, is fundraising. Uh, even though we financially solid, uh, the plans we have for future development are going to take money. And so we, uh, we want to promote that if you have a choice to give between five different schools, we want to be one of those schools that you can depend on to be trustworthy to use your finances in an appropriate way. And so, uh, and not that there's been a problem with that, we just haven't done it before. And that's kind of one of my priorities now is to assure donors and our alumni that uh, what we're doing is honoring the Lord and you can be a part of that. So if I'm a parent in Montana, right? Uh, there are all choices to, you know, there's sure. competition out there um, and, and they go to different campuses. Uh, obviously, now you have this beautiful campus. So campus visit is going to be a big part of this. Um, what, what is the main differentiator, right? So, so outside of being a small class and, and getting attention, because a lot there, there are a lot of small universities that would also talk about that. Correct. What would my kid get out by coming to your campus versus another small college in Montana? A biblical worldview. So we, we are catering to a Christian community. That's primarily our target audience. Now, certainly we accept non-Christians as long as they understand the environment they're walking into. But um, in fact, I just had this conversation last night with a parent. Very same question, almost identical. Mm -hmm. Is okay, Dr. Jones. We visited the campus. My daughter, this is her senior year. Your consideration, but what is it that you could tell me that she would experience here? Mm -hmm. And she knew all about our campus life. We've got a student life director and all that. But what I told her primarily is our business really is education. It's I mean, we want the students to enjoy life here, it's their home. But when it comes right down to it, it is education. And part of our education format is uh, integrating our biblical worldview with their, um, their degree. So in other words, uh, I posed this question to, uh, to the uh, students in, the, in one of the business courses last fall, uh, and it was this. Uh, Paul was a tent maker. He was an independent contractor, apparently. So what if he sold a tent that had a bad seam or, or ripped later on, it was perfectly good when he sold it, but they brought it back. So, man, this thing didn't hold up. But he said, hey, you bought it. It's your problem. What would he do? Would he, uh, uh, would he say, well, I've only got a 30-day warranty. It's been 31 days. I'm sorry, I can't. I mean, what would a Christian do in that type of situation in business? Um, so that's what I told that mother who called me last night, is that we teach our classes to where in business or in psychology or in exercise science or in education, we're going to honor the Lord with how we think and how we act. Okay. And that's one of the biggest issues I think we bring to the table. No one wants to answer that question, by the way. And <laughs> <laughs> listen, you said you have 12 students and, you know, th th there's been 
few people who started with 12 disciples and 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 they grew right so right um as you know it you have a foundation you have a legacy right so as we start thinking ahead you know what do you see as a role of faith-based institution in in these times and 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 the value that they could bring to the the montana community i think it's pivotal that um <clears throat> Whatever the vocation is, I think it's pivotal that Christians understand that when they get the job at First National Bank or when they start teaching early childhood development in kindergarten or whatever they're doing, where they go to the first pastorate, I think it's pivotal. They understand that they're the ones that are going to be the influencers in their organization. Um, I know my daughter's a teacher in the public school system. So what I'm about to say is common knowledge. The teachers, Christians especially, are very restricted in how they can promote their faith. I understand that. Um, but I also understand that a godly teacher, um, just the presence of a godly teacher in a classroom makes all the difference in the world as far as um, communication goes. And so what we try to tell our students and even our parents is that, yes, there are multiple options in Montana and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and places like that. But we want to teach our students the ability to go into their vocation with the confidence that that job was given to them by the Lord for them to honor the Lord in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's very much a part of our DNA. That's a good question. No, thank you for that. And, and as you look at, you know, dual degree programs in partnerships of high schools and adding majors, what comes to mind? That's also a good question. I've been thinking through that. The teaching degree is what we're starting with, but there's a couple of others that I'm looking at. Um, one is project management in the construction world or other places. We haven't pulled the trigger on it, so to speak, but we're looking at that one. Uh, we're looking at criminal justice, especially in Montana. We have a, a heavy population of retired uh, veterans, I guess is the way to say. We have a lot of veterans here who still are capable of working and functioning in police departments and all that. And so we're looking at that degree. And another that I probably shouldn't say right now, but I'm at least flirting with the ideal of certificate programs in the technical VOTEC world, like welding certificates. Right now, the state of Montana needs 4,000 welders. Oh, wow. And there's such a short supply. Yeah. So we're looking at, okay, we've got this great facility. We've got a great workshop out back. Is there a way we can meet that need and still um, not only produce a welder, but produce a Christian welder who understands his calling to go to the pipeline every day that he's going to be paid really well for, uh, can he bring a Christian worldview to it? So I'm, I'm toying with that ideal, but um, I'm not certain how to make that happen yet. <laughs> so so I, I love what you said about internship. It's something that we've been preaching for years with, with different institutions because, you know, um, doesn't matter what major you are, but you don't know what you're going to do until you actually do some work, right? So, you know, whether you're a philosophy major like I was to the dismay of my parents or you're a <laughs> science major uh, of some sort, um, 
you know, how, who is going, to, are, are, do you have a department that places this, these students in internships or are the students seeking the jobs themselves? What is the process? That's also a good question. <laughs> no, we don't have that department in place. That's on the drawing board, so to speak. Um, part of that involves retweaking the degrees itself to allow for the, the internships. Now we had them, um, I think in psychology degree, and I, th- I know we had them in ministry degrees, I, we don't have them in business uh, or exercise science, and we could very easily. What we have been doing, and I think this is part of the problem here that I've got to address, is that we've allowed the professor and the students to work that out. Mm-hmm. Well, the poor professor, I mean, he <laughs> that really shouldn't fall upon him. There should be a, a centralized place that helps with these internships. And that may be a, um, um, a person's that we hire specifically to do that, but I'm actually thinking it'll be more department-wise, not the dean or chair, but someone who is assigned to that department to help them. So in psychology and in education and in business, uh, that they would go to that person to help them secure the internships. Mm-hmm. Again, that's, that's on the plan this year to think through. So, and I've already started thinking, just haven't implemented it yet. So. Fantastic. Um, well, anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Um, no, not per se. I just want to say that we have launched a new website. Uh, it's montanacc.edu. Uh, we have a wonderful place for you to come and study. And even if you just want to come and visit, um, we would allow you to do that. Of course, we'd invite you to. Now, one of the ministry we're doing here and we did launch it this summer. So we do invite church camps to come to the campus. I mean, it's the ideal setting for it. And so this summer alone, we've hosted uh, three or four church camps for the week. We have the facilities, we have the gym. And then, as I tell the pastor, if your vision is only to move into the gym, I'd fire you. There's the Montana's right out here in the summer. I mean, <laughs> take them to the lake, take them up to the park. You know, you know there's places those kids need to go. And one of them actually did that. Uh, and he sent me a letter back and said, Dr. Jones, I want to book the next three years. <laughs> so we're doing that type of ministry for our churches as well. So. Awesome. Dr. Jones, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thank you for this. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.